Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Let's read this scripture together. Everyone read with me, okay? Revelation 3, 15 to 16. 1, 2, 3. I know your works. That you are neither cold or hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Wow, what a strong word. Let us confess together. Let's lift our hand to God and confess together. Lord, I make decision to be hot. Toward you, all the days of my life, I loved you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my spirit, and my might. I will be hot all the time, all time, and eternity. I love you, Jesus. I make a decision. Every morning, I wake up, I am hot for God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to be reminded off and on <laughs> about being hot for God. Amen. You know, I noticed because I relate to a lot of people around the world, and I noticed that when people are hot, they get a lot of blessing. I got a phone call. Somebody left message in my home phone. One lady from France called and left a message on my home phone. And she said this. She said that one day she accidentally get into our YouTube and listened to the teaching. And after she got the teaching, she got on fire. And she listened all day long and she sent the message to all of her friends in France and that a lot of people backslid already because they're so dry. Send also message to Asia for all the friends in Asia to listen to our YouTube. And she kept listening, listening, listening. And she told in the message, number one, she got healed from diabetes. Amen. Completely healed by listening to the word of God. God sent his word to heal people. Amen. Number two, she said that her son got sick and she prayed for her son. Her son got healed by faith. Her husband, who was an unbeliever, got sick. She prayed for her unbelieving husband. He was healed. She called, left the message. Could you please come to France to spread the file of God? And I said, oh, I have too many traveling. Uh, this is too much. Actually, I studied French when I was in high school. Comment allez-vous? And merci beaucoup. She left another message and she said, just a few days ago, she said, I'm so hungry for the file of God you talk about. I was cooking in my kitchen and I cried out to God, God, send your fire to me. And suddenly the file of God hit her. Amen. She got drunk in the Holy Spirit in the home and she vomited out. Demon came out of her and the husband came home and what's going on with my wife here? So she has to run up to her bedroom and she's still drunk and still touched by the file of God. You see, you don't need pass allowed to be there. 
God honor the hungry. God honor people who really press in and hot for God. In any part of the world, you can be touched by God in any part of the world if you're hungry enough. God is faithful. Amen. It depends on your level of hungry. And then I talk to God. Let me explain to you quickly before I preach the message. I talk to God. Is there anything special about our ministry that people get here on the internet? And the Lord spoke to me. It's not about your special. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. It's not that you are special. Mom, my nickname. My nickname is Mom. You're not special. This is the season. This is the time. The end time that God going to move with signs and wonders. Healing, miracles, deliverance going to happen all over the world. It's not that you are special. It's not that you are specially anointed. Oh, I'm so anointed. No. If you just go out in the name of Jesus, pray for people, they're going to be healed. Amen. Nobody special here. We are just servants of God. And God going to heal people. Because he wants to move, he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still wants to heal and deliver people from demonic power and curses and bondage. Amen? Amen. Everyone say, God is special. God is special. God's going to move in the end time. Everyone say, signs and wonders. Miracles. Miracles. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Some of you may think, Wow, this neurosurgeon is crazy. <laughs> Talking about signs and wonders. <laughs> Praise God. Let's continue the word of God together. I continue with the preaching from last Sunday. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to learn your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is our medicine. Your word renews our mind. And we want to become like Christ. Day by day, month by month, we want to grow up. We don't want to be baby Christians forever. We want to be strong soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ, the army of God in the end time. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Last Sunday, we learned another key to receive the greatest grace from God, the greatest favor. The word grace and favor are the same. And we learn from the life of Esther. I believe that there might be some CD for you to pick it up or download by now or in the podcast. And we learn that in order to receive more grace from God, we need to be humble and we need to trust God with all our heart. And the Bible used a term that expressed these attitudes, the attitude of humility and the attitude of trusting. The Bible term is in his hand. We put ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble ourselves. And trust God. No plan B. Plan A. God, you are the one. And whatever you want, I do it. I don't have plan B. James chapter 4 verse 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore he said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. First Peter chapter 5, verses 5 to 6, I'm reviewing right now quickly. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Means submission, means humility, under the authority. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with 
humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves. Listen carefully. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. In other words, He will give you more favor, more grace, more success. More power, more ability, more opportunities when you submit yourself under the mighty hands of God. The Bible says in First Peter chapter five verse ten. After you submit yourself under the mighty hand of God, what happened to you? The Bible make a conclusion. But may the God of all grace, He has all kinds of grace for us. All kinds of grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a while, perfect, He's going to make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. You see here that when we humble, when we trust God with all our heart, put ourselves under the mighty hand of God, God can make us strong. God can make us perfect. God can settle our life to be. So full of grace and favor, we will be successful and we will be fruitful. Amen. Romans chapter five verse two, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. How we get the grace of God by faith, and how do you exercise or how do you express your faith? Humility. You don't depend on your own ability. You depend on God's ability. You submit yourself. You humble yourself, and you trust God that God is going to do something special for you. Today we're going to look at two person in the Bible who has lived their life that way. And the first person, his name is Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible say, he has the fullness of grace. Grace upon grace in his life, he has the greatest grace in his life, and we're going to look at his character together. Luke chapter twenty-three, verse forty-six. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, "Father, into your hands." As I mentioned, this is the phrase that expresses humility and trust. I trust you. Into your hand, I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last before Jesus died—the last breath on the cross. This was the sentence he said. He said, "I commit my spirit into your hands." What does it mean to commit? It means to place in. To put in, to entrust. This is a statement of faith. He believed that even though he gonna die, but God gonna raise him up. Even though he humble himself on the cross, he sound like he was losing because he was dying. But still, he trust God that God gonna raise him up. The Father gonna make him the top, not the tail. This is the expression of. Humility that I depend on you, Father. I trust that you're going to help me. I commit my spirit into your hand. You remember Jesus say on the cross, "Why have you forsaken me?" 
Jesus was separated from the Father at that moment, even though he was with the Father in so deep fellowship for eternity to that point. The reason because there was separation, the Father turned his face away from Jesus because at that moment, Jesus bore the sins of the whole world, the past sin, the current sin, and the future sin of all humanity. In other words, he became sin on our behalf. He bore our sin and became sin by our sin so that we can be the righteousness of God. On the cross, he was punished by the punishment of our sin. And I believe at that moment when he was on the cross, the devil must clap his hand. I'm winning. My dream became true. The Son of God is being killed right now. The story is going to be over. I'm going to rule the whole world and I am a victorious one now. But he was making a big mistake. When Jesus died on the cross, he lost the power. Because a few days later, Jesus was raised from the dead. So now, the devil is eternally defeated. And we, who are the body of Christ, we are the eternally triumphant people. Victorious. We are more than conquerors because the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. Amen? Look at what the Bible says about Jesus Christ in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. In other words, Jesus, who was God, who also created the heavens and the earth, the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings, he gave up his glory and being God to come into the world as a human being without reputation, taking the form of a born servant and coming into the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. The most humble person in the world is Jesus Christ. He humbled three levels. Being God, become a man. And from being a man, he become a born servant. He washed the feet of his disciples. And then the third level of his humility is that he was willing to die in humiliation with exposed body on the cross. It's the worst kind of death in all time. To die with naked body on the cross. That is his humility. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. First Peter say, if you humble yourself, put yourself under the mighty hand of God, what happened? He will exalt you in due time. Because Jesus humbled himself from being God, now to be a man, then to be a born servant, and then die on the cross in a humiliating and reproachful way. God exalted him up above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall uh, should bow and of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus humbled himself. Everyone say humbled himself. What does it mean? It means that 
God did not humble him. No man humble him. No man knock him down and say, "You have to do this. You need to bow down right now." He humble himself. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verses 17 to 18. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down myself, my life. I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. In other words, he voluntarily humble himself to lay down to die on that cross for us. He humble himself to the utmost. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. I want to show you a, a few scripture to inform you that Jesus was not forced by the father to die. He did not get forced by anybody to be humble. You know sometimes when the boss call you in and the boss say, you don't perform, I'm going to fire you. In a few months, if you don't change your way to do it, you're humble. Yes, I need to be more committed now, be submissive, because otherwise I'm going to be fired. That is, we call being forced to be humble, because you are dictated by your finances. But Jesus humbled himself because his heart was right. I want to show you the scripture that Jesus did not have to be arrested at all. Jesus did not have to die on the cross for us. In John chapter 18, verses 4 to 6, Jesus therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. What does the Bible try to say? If Jesus exercises his authority, all those people who want to arrest him are going to be on the ground and paralyzed. His power is so strong that when he says, I am the Son of God, boom, fall under the power. Falling under the power is true? Yes, it's true. I experienced myself one time in the camp in Seattle. The Lord touched me and I just, boom, on the ground and I was paralyzed on the ground for half an hour. One time on the stage in a revival service at the end of preaching, I saw the light from heaven hit my forehead. I flew backward and on the crowd, I was not able to get up. People had to drag me out of the stage to sit on the chair because I was hit by the power of God. So if Jesus exercised his power that day, these soldiers could not arrest him. But thank God, he allowed them to arrest him so that we can be saved. Let's say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look at another scripture. Matthew 26, verse 53. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and He will provide me with more than, more than, not just 12, more than 12 regions of angels. Can Jesus call the angels? Legions of angels and all this soldier and his enemy will be wiped out in maybe two miles radius. The angel come and wipe them out. Can he do that? Did he do it? The Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse 7, He was oppressed. He means Jesus. And he was afflicted. 
yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He shut his mouth because he know that he, he opened his mouth and say, "Father, angels, boom, the angel will come." If he opened his mouth and say, "Fall, everyone gonna fall," because he has unlimited grace and favor and power in his life. He is the spirit. He has the spirit without measure. This son of God, the name of Jesus Christ, humble himself to be arrested by his enemy. He saved you and me. Because he laid down his life for you and me, Jesus loved us. He died our death. He was punished, the punishment of sin that we should deserve and we should get. But he was punished for us. He loved us so much. That's why we need to be hot for God. That's why we need to love God with all our heart. Because he did not have to do that. He did not have to die on the cross. But he was willing to die on the cross. He was willing to be scourged. Be hit, be tortured, spit on, and ridiculed and humiliated, so that we can have victory and glory in our life. Amen. Amen. Jesus did that out of faith. He commit his spirit under the hand of the Father. He humble himself. He trust the Father that the Father gonna raise him up from the dead again. He did it for you. And he did it for me. Today we have respect for the cross. When we see the cross, wow, look good—the cross on your neck with the diamond on. But in Jesus' generation, the cross is like a lethal injection. The cross is like an electric chair. The cross represents execution on the worst criminal. The cross is the way to die in humiliation, exposed body. A lot of people stood there watching your naked body, and when you, your body moved, it hurts your hand because the nail went through the median nerve here. There is a condition called carpal tunnel syndrome. As a neurosurgeon, I have to open it up to relieve the nerve, and this is a big nerve through here. The nail go through the median nerve. The nail go through the feet, and it was so painful. Is the the worst kind of death that mankind can go through. He was so humble. He humbled to not only come into the world as a man. He humbled himself to be a born servant, to pray for people, to love people, to watch the feet of his disciple. He also humbled himself to die the terrible and reproachful death on the cross for us. So that we can have eternal life, and that's why, you know, who get the greatest favor in human history, who get the greatest grace in all the human history, who has the greatest name in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, who get the highest position and authority of heaven, earth, and under the earth, who get that, the Lord. Jesus Christ, God exalted him to be at the right hand in heaven. He has the highest position, right hand of the Father, and he has the highest authority. His name is above all names because Jesus 
was the most humble man that human can see. He put himself, he put his spirit in the mighty hand of the Father. Everyone say, in his hand. On that day, all the people who ridiculed Jesus, who cursed Jesus, all the demons and Satan, everybody who laugh at you, mock at you, that you are Christians and you go to church, everybody who reject Jesus Christ on that day, even though they don't want to, but they have to acknowledge and confess from their mouth that He is Lord. On that day, they're going to fall on the ground. Their knee going to be on the ground and say, Yes, you are Lord. The Lord of all Lord and the King of all kings. But their confession at that moment will make no difference. But we who confess now, it makes a big difference for us. Because now we have Jesus. We have salvation. We have victory. On that day, they're going to be on the ground. But for us, On that day, we're going to shout, we're going to dance, we're going to worship, and we're going to receive reward from Jesus Christ. Amen? Because we confess Him now that He is our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Think about this. You may not fully understand. Think about this. The God of the universe, who will sit on the throne, creating everybody, the king of all kings humble himself to be ridiculed, spit on, hang on the cross. People laugh at him, naked body, die terrible death. What a humility he has. He is the highest, but he goes to the lowest level for you and me. And that's why he has the greatest grace. Brother and sister, if you want to have more grace from God, you need to humble yourself. Amen? Amen. You need to humble yourself. Don't boast about your ability. That's why God corrected me a few days ago. Miracle that happened in France is not you. I'm the one who do it. It's not about you at all. Say, Lord, yes. I humble myself. It's not about Pastor Lau. It's not about my ministry even. It's not about even my name. It's all about the name of Jesus. It's about His power. I need to humble myself and depend on God. Amen? If I want to keep on growing in my grace, we need to humble ourselves. There is another man who had a big call and big mission to preach the gospel and plant churches in the all known Gentile world in that generation. This man, his name is the Apostle Paul. We're going to look at the Apostle Paul in a few scriptures here. How humble he is. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffer in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despair even of life. The Apostle Paul went out to preach the gospel, and he faced all kinds of hardships, all kinds of persecutions and resistance. When Paul talks about suffering here, he doesn't talk about being broke, 
being sick, being cursed. He was talking about persecutions and resistance from the human enemy. This is the way the devil wants to get rid of us. He sometimes cannot stop us from being a Christian. But what he does is to bring people into your life to wear you down, to talk against you, to put a block in the internet, to call your name, to make you feel sad. I know because I'm a pastor, sometimes I feel down because I heard some rumors, some gossiping about me. And I feel like, oh God, should I just quit and just enjoy my life? Why continue to be a pastor? And then have to wake myself up. No, this is the plan of the enemy. He wants to wear my emotion down. He wants me to quit because if I don't quit, I will have victory. Anytime I quit, I will lose. Amen? Victory is already mine and yours, but we should not quit. So he will put all the pressure on you to wear you down and you start to feel bitter and unforgiveness. And then what happens? You have all the junk in your heart and you cannot serve God anymore. You need to rise up and still have joy and love and go on. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. The Bible continues to say, Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. The pressure upon Paul's life is to the point that he feels like being dead. He feels like being killed soon. But this happened, we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raised the dead. So Paul tried to say that, even though I face all this pressure, but I'm going to humble myself. I'm not going to depend on my own ability and my own strength. I'm going to depend on God and I'm going to trust God that God in His mighty hand, He can raise the dead. If I die, He can raise me from the dead. That's what he tried to say. I totally trust God and I'm not going to depend on my own strength. If I die, they kill me, put knife into my stomach. You can raise me up because you can raise the dead. Amen? He trusts God. Look at verses 10 and 11. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope. You see, He set His trust and hope in God that He will continue to deliver us. This is a statement of faith. The statement of humility. He did not say, I'm a great guy. I'm such a great apostle. Look at my anointing. I received so much revelation from God. I'm such a great leader. He said, no, I continue to put my hope in God that He would continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Look at this sentence. Then many would give thanks on our behalf for what? The gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. In other words, Paul tried to say, I can depend on the grace of God in this pressure, in this persecution. I have no plan B. I put myself in the hand of God. If I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. But God can raise me up. I totally put my help under that mighty hand of God. And I depend on, I count on God's grace. I'm counting on God's help. I'm counting on God, my king, to hold up his golden scepter toward me. I'm counting on the help of God. That's what he tried to say. How humble he is and how much faith Paul has. First Peter chapter 15, verse 10. But... He said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. 
and his grace toward me was not in vain but I labor more abundantly than they all yet not I but the grace of God which was with me you notice one thing Paul never boasts about his gifting his talent and ability he always gives glory to God this is by the grace of God it's not me should we be humble like Paul Everyone say, by the grace grace. that people get healed. healed. By the grace grace. that my loved one gets saved. saved. I'm not a great evangelist. I'm not a great healer. It's by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God that Mr. Stan Lander gets healed from cancer in the brain. It's not pass aloud. It's by the grace of God that you got healed. It's by the grace of God that you're sitting here today. We should not boast about anything at all. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Unless I should be exalted. You see, Paul tried to say that I don't want to be prideful. Because God gave me so much revelation and gift and anointing. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation. He received a lot of revelation from heaven. A thorn in the flesh was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. Paul tried to say that God sent the messenger of Satan, the thorn in the flesh, so that he will be humble, so that he will not exalt himself. Look at me, a great apostle, an anointed man of God. I'm, I received so many revelations from God. Now I can prophesy. I can give the word of knowledge. I can heal the sick. People come with the handkerchief, lay hand on the chief. Oh, people get healed by my handkerchief. Ooh, look at me how great I am. God doesn't want him to be so prideful. That's why God sent the thorn in the flesh. What is a thorn in the flesh? Some theologians say the thorn in the flesh is the incurable disease. It's not true. The thorn in the flesh is the figurative speech. It means pain in the neck in American language. Pain in the neck is what? Constant irritation. What is a constant irritation? Paul used this scripture that he quote from Numbers chapter 33 verse 55. I'm going to read to you. That is a scripture that you showed a while ago. Number 33 verse 55. But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes. What is a prick? The thorn. Pricks. Just keep poking you. Pain in the neck. And thorns in your sides. And shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. What is thorn? What are the thorns in the flesh? A thorn in the flesh are people. <laughs> are people that the devil sent to poke you, talk negative about you, give you a hard time, and do something that make you discouraged and want to give up. Do you know that in the time of Paul, everywhere he went, there would be two things, either revival or riot in Paul's ministry. Because some people hate him so much, sent by the devil, pay their own way to different cities and towns to give him a hard time. Paul faced a lot of thorns in the flesh. The messenger of Satan. Satan sent these people 
to bother them. I have thorn in the flesh in my life too. Not Pastor Da for sure. She is the rose of my life. She is the love of my life. The thorn in the flesh is not my wife. The thorn in the flesh are people out there that give me a hard time. Right now, I just share with you quickly. There is one preacher in America who understands Thai language. He put in the website and attacked me in the website that the fire of God that I spread in Thailand is a fire from hell. He mentioned my name. It's a thorn in the flesh. Everywhere he went to Thailand, he's not Thai, but he speaks Thai. Everywhere he went to Thailand, he will set up a meeting and attack me on the meeting to make a lot of Thai people hate me. And I did not fight. I say, God, you revenge for me. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to retaliate. I'm going to keep loving people, preaching the truth, spreading the fire, and planting the church, <laughs> preaching the gospel. Amen. I'm not going to fight with any thorn in the flesh. Not worth it. Amen. We have many things to do. Hallelujah. Paul say, I don't have enough strength. Let me read Amplified Bible in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. Show you that how Paul put his hand under the mighty hand of God, how humble he is. But he said to me, and I'm going to conclude the sermon, my grace, my favor, and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. Sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness, in your humility. You humble yourself, you know you're weak, you depend on me, you trust me, you put yourself under my mighty hand. It's going to demonstrate the power and the strength and the grace and the favor that no one can touch you. Amen? Therefore, I will own the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities that the strength and the power of Christ, the Messiah, may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. Wow, I like what Paul said. I like Amplified Bible. Very clear. The grace of God will pitch the tent upon you. <laughs> you see the picture? The, the favor of God is on you everywhere you go. The shield of protection. He admits that he is weak. He humble. He humbles himself under the mighty hand of God. Look at verse 10. For the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and take pleasure in infirmities, insult, hardships, persecutions, perplexities, and distress. For when I am weak in human strength, then am I truly strong, able, powerful in divine strength. My dear brother and sister, let us be like Esther. Let us humble ourselves. Amen? To depend on the scepter on the mercy of the king, the golden scepter hand toward her. Let us become humble like Jesus Christ to love him and humble ourselves and trust him, trust God with all our heart. Let us become humble and trust God like Paul. And we're going to see more favor, more grace of God in our life. The greater grace come to those who are humble and trust God. Put your life under the mighty hand of God. Amen. I noticed that in the revival churches all over the world, 
people get a lot of grace from God financially, family, health, healing, all these things because they're humble. They're willing to be prayed for. They're willing to be touched by God. They surrender themselves to God. They're humble. They know that they cannot depend on their own strength. They need the fire. They need the Holy Spirit. The hand of God is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. You humble yourself under the Spirit of the living God. You say, I need you, Lord. Whatever you guide me, I will do it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. How many people want the greatest grace in your life? How many people say, I want to be like Esther? How many people say, I want to be like Jesus and Paul? More grace. Amen? Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us very important principles. The key to obtain the greatest grace in this generation. Like Moses, the most humble man in his generation. Esther, the most humble woman in her generation. Jesus, the Son of God, who humbled himself to obedient to the death. We want to be like Paul in this generation, Lord, that you shall use us. Make your people who listen to this teaching to have the revelation from heaven and put this teaching into practice, Lord. We promise you, Lord, we will humble ourselves before you, put ourselves in your hand, under the mighty hand of God, and trust you with all our heart. We believe, Father, that as we walk that way, we shall experience more favor. The gracious favor of God like Paul experienced, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your hand, the hand of grace that will come upon your people, Lord. Oh, Lord, thank you, Lord, for teaching us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.